the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Uh, I'm going to go down and help him clean out the beer cans and all the party stuff before she gets home. Yeah, she's been on a cruise for the last uh, couple of weeks. so well, Good for her. Coming back tonight. Party's okay. over. Party <laughs> boy. you got to clean up. Yeah, I know. I know. No. Just been me and the dog, but very quiet. I told you about the time I had a party when my parents went out of town in high school, and uh, it was six or eight of us. Guys, of course, because, you know, girls didn't want to come over and watch us get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the guys there probably actually didn't want to see that either. And so we partied hard all day Saturday. And then Sunday we spent all day cleaning up, vacuuming. We got all the cans out from under the couch and mopped the floors and swabbed the decks and wiped the counters. And uh, everything was looking pretty good. We opened the doors and aired it all out. And my mother comes in and she looks around and she says, you had a party while I was gone, didn't you? <laughs> oh, why? And so I had worn these three statues at the at the uh, Catholic fair up the street of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, you know, ceramic statues. And I'd given them to my mom and she'd place them over the oven. And so Pete McCarthy, while he was drunk, went in the kitchen and said, oh, Jesus, Mary, Joseph, you shouldn't see what's going on here. And he turned them all facing oh. the wall. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. And uh, so at any rate, I got busted, but not much they could do back, you know, at that point, you know, I was 16, 17. That was a hellion. Well, you know, was it a good party? Yeah, we had a good time. I mean, it's, also worth it then. it's good a time as, as teenagers can have when they're going through body dysmorphia and angst and depression and hope and despair and all the things that the teenagers go through. At least you didn't go out and get drunk and drive around. Yeah, thank God. I mean, some little kid might not have made it. That's right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so at any rate, that was, that was the big party there. And, uh, you know, my knee, I'm, this, I had my knee done Thursday a week ago, so this is uh, seven, eight, nine days post-op. And eight, how you doing? It still hurts, but uh, I'm getting there. Actually, I got off the walker uh, last Tuesday, so that would have been four days after surgery. And my physical therapist, uh, I think her name is Desiree, she said she has never seen anybody up and walking without help. Uh, this early, and uh, she said, who are you? What are you? <laughs> what are you made of? <laughs> she said, are you an NFL player or what? <laughs> so how's it feeling, though, when you're it, walking? It, it it hurts, but, you know, it's tolerable, and uh, you, you just got to push through it. The wife and I walked around our, our circle here, which is about a fifth of a mile yesterday, so that was a that was a, you know that was a hard walk for me, but uh, I did it. I took the walker with me because there's a lot of little lumps and bumps in the road, you know, drain traps and all that you got to avoid. So I didn't want to trip and fall, so it gave me a little support. But actually, I th I think I'm doing pretty good. 
I got the exercise bike, but it's so boring, Ken. I can't can't get myself to sit out on the damn thing. I will take out the real. You can't take out the real bike. No, not yet. <laughs> Only if you want to see me dead. Okay. Follow my nose. <laughs> but, All uh, right, just, just asking. Yeah. So I had the oxycodone, which is one of the most potent oral uh, narcotic analgesics, and I really haven't taken many of them. But I, haven't, I think I took one yesterday, and then I've also got the tramadol, which is the, uh, the weaker, smaller, probably the the, the weakest of the opioid uh, antagonist or the opioid receptor agonist uh, that we have in our armamentarium, and uh, I've been using that pretty much. And uh, along with just some passive exercises and stretching and all that, I'm, I'm, I think I'm doing pretty good. I mean, I really, I don't think that uh, you're going to see people up and about the way I am for the first couple of weeks. And I'm, I did it in four days, so not bad. The therapist said, I don't think I need to come back. I said, oh, please, please come back. <laughs> Save, take me out of the house for five minutes. <laughs> Save me. <laughs> So you been to the office at all, or you staying away from the office? Uh, she made me come in on Tuesday because we had one patient for uh, my orthopod, Dr. McConaughey. He wanted a patient cleared for surgery. So she made me come in. She didn't feel comfortable. Of course, I could have done it on Zoom from the house, but at any rate. Well, I was going to ask you, couldn't that be done remote, yeah? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, for some reason, she wanted me there. So I went in and hobbled around and... Uh, then on Thursday, she I had the echo machine at home here, and I was reading studies at home, but the tech was coming on Friday, so she said, you got to bring it back. I said, well, I'm still reading these studies. She said, well, you can come to the office and read for a while while I get some paperwork done. So okay. the little Korean, boy, she is a, she's a little whipcracker, I'm telling you. Yeah, she, she keeps the office in line. She's a tough one. She's a tough one, and we're all afraid of her. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she does a great job. She's doing a great job, and I can't complain. And uh, As far as I can tell, your office moves pretty smoothly. Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, if you look at a lot of the doctor's offices, they're struggling because it's hard to find help uh, and to keep help, to keep good help, because somebody will offer them more money. Mm. Once you get some experience, and they'll steal them away from you. And uh, you can't blame these kids for... Uh, for going for more money. I mean, you know, they're not making a whole lot of money and, and it costs a lot to live, especially in a city like St. Petersburg where the, the rents are twelve to $1,500 a month. I remember a few years ago when they were five to 600, Ken. It's it's really, uh, it's really tough. It's tough. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think $1,500, $1,600 a month is cheap right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's really tough on, on these young folks, and I don't blame them for doing what they have to do to take care of themselves. That's a great American way. Yeah, and all this stuff about the Democrats when they were running at, uh, against Trump and, oh, we're going to raise the minimum wage. And like, Why? You don't need to. The minimum wage is now well above what the federal minimum wage is just because there's so much competition out there uh, and demand for these people to work. So. You know, if it, say you were going to pay uh, a medical assistant twelve to fifteen dollars an hour, hell, they're getting over twenty now, or they won't work. Hmm. Well, you know, that's the uh, again, it's supply and demand. It's supply and demand. That's the American way. Yeah, exactly. Well, with our with our reimbursement being fixed by Medicare and the uh, the uh, 
health insurance companies, we have to really look hard and be very judicious about our spending. And so we cut here and we cut there to try to keep our income up. And once you find good people, you got to keep them. So. Yeah, you, you get good people, you got to hang on to them. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And you do there. I've never had a bad experience at your office at all. Why don't you get the phone number out in case somebody else wants to have this great experience? 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. We're a full-service clinic. We, As I was saying before, we do echocardiograms and ultrasound of arteries and veins, and uh, we image kidneys and livers and gallbladders, and we've had plain x-ray, so if you think you got a broken finger or toe, come on in, we'll x-ray it. We do a little bit of everything. That's uh, one of the things I like about it. Yeah. Right, on, a, right in house. One stop body shop, baby. That's right. Walk down the hall, you get an X ray. <laughs> we can we can hammer out a dent or change a headlight. <laughs> I think we're going to add oil and lube next week. <laughs> oh, can you take a look at my transmission? It's acting up. Yeah, a we can do that. We got we we got somebody that can handle that. <laughs> so at any rate, that's the story on the knee. Uh, now, this time of year, you know, the, the insects are coming back, and with the, the planet heating up, there's more and more of them because they like that warm weather. And so the, the two big things that we're concerned about these days are the West Nile virus, which is uh, the, in the flavivirus family. And uh, there are several of these viruses. Uh, back when I was in medical school, it was the St. Louis encephalitis virus, and similar to the West Nile. The West Nile uh, is not treatable. We don't have an antiviral agent yet for that. Vaccines are being worked on, and there is a small mortality rate with it. And, and back when I was a medical student, uh, I got thrown into being the acting intern my first week or two on internal medicine rotation in late August, early September. We apparently had one intern who didn't show up, who had signed a contract and then went somewhere else. And the seniors were given an extra week or two off so they could go look for residency. So I'm sitting there and our senior uh, resident, he says, Handelman, aren't your parents doctors? I said, yes, sir. He says, you're now an acting intern. <laughs> Holy crap. I'm just a junior medical student. He's like, you didn't do it. So I got thrown in early. He figured you learned by osmosis, or, you know, just, just hanging around mom and dad. So You know, the, the nurses are laughing at me behind my back as I struggled to do things. But I got through it. But we did have one woman. She was in her mid-30s, and she had the St. Louis encephalitis from southern Indiana. And this attached the nervous system as well as giving you systemic systems like headaches and fevers and all that sore throat. And so she had the encephalitis, which is really bad. That's a brain infection. Don't want that. And so uh, her brain had swollen up and I was in charge of taking care of her. I was the acting intern and I called the neurology and neurosurgical residents and everybody I could think of to see if somebody could do anything for her. I thought, well, maybe if we unroof her, 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 her skull and give, give her brain some room to expand, she could survive. Which I, <laughs> okay. Which I, yeah. Which I still think we could have done, but they didn't want to do that. That was not the standard of care then. And, uh, she did, she did pass. 
and uh, she had two kids and her husband. And I still remember Ken, her husband, in the hallway, and I didn't know what to say. I mean, I was really at a loss for words, so I just held him in my arms and let him cry. I felt so bad for that guy. You know, he was a few years older than me, and he just lost his wife to this terrible virus. But it is a serious virus. We can treat you symptomatically, uh, but we don't have a cure per se. Is this, uh, this mosquito-borne? This is mosquito-borne. This is mosquito-borne. So the prevention is going to be the big thing. So when you go out, and especially if you're going to be out in the woods or areas that are heavily infected with mosquitoes, you want to put on long sleeve pants and shirt. Make sure you use the heavy duty off, uh, deep woods off, and uh, make sure everything's covered that you can cover up. And hopefully you won't get it. Now, if you do have symptoms and you need to tell your doctor right away so that symptomatic treatment can be instituted. Now, you don't have to walk around bundled up like that all the time just to win. Just, hours, when, just those hours of mosquitoes are active. Yeah, and or when you're in an area of heavy mosquito infestation. Of course, you want to make sure there's no standing water around your house and uh, make sure that you're using screens on your windows or air conditioners in the windows if you don't have central air conditioning. And that way you'll cut down on the number of uh, insects that fly into the house. They do like to get you when you're sleeping, Ken. Yeah, well, you're an easy target. You're an easy target. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to swat them away. What no. about those bugs? I got one of my bug lights. I supposed to get that out. Probably about time. How, has anything shown those? I mean, I know they work, but do they kill more bugs than they attract? Yeah. That's always been my question. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But it is a good question. We're just you know, spinning our wheels here with this thing. Well, what I did is I just put mine in my neighbor's yard. So. <laughs> I know people, they they, uh, they bomb the yard and everything and, you know, just try to get rid of the mosquitoes and it just doesn't last. Yeah, one of my friends, he had uh, his uh, pest control company come around once or twice a month and they'd fog the whole yard with that with the... Uh, uh, insecticide, and they just fog the crap out of this yard. Yeah, but if, unless you live with a bubble on top of it. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to last forever. But no, not, not going to do you a whole lot of good. Can't beat Mother Nature. That's right. It's not nice to fool Mother Nature either. So no, Remember she, that if she wants you, she'll get you. Yeah. On the other side, on the bacterial side, we have Lyme disease, which everybody's heard of. This is the tick-borne disease. And the deer tick uh, is the tick, the main tick that carries this. And what happened here is that uh, the deer populations are increasing throughout the United States because of uh, conservation efforts and uh, uh, better climate for them, warmer weather, more survival of their offspring, a decrease in the number of predators. Although we're, we're reintroducing predators to try to keep those populations down like wolves. Uh, who hunt the deer. And, but uh, this is a, a disease that you can treat, uh, but you have to be very proactive uh, because if you have symptoms, you want to get in and get treated early. This is a spirochete. So it's uh, related to syphilis. You remember syphilis? I remember, sure. Now, syphilis can attack both the periphery and the central nervous system. And uh, it can cause brain damage over long periods of time. It can cause uh, 
aneurysms of the aorta, the big artery coming out of the heart can weaken the muscle uh, walls of that artery, and that, that artery can blow up and rupture. I think Capone died of that. Who? Al Capone? Al Capone, he died of syphilis. Yeah, he had neurosyphilis. Yeah, yeah. I thought so, yeah. Well, that'll teach him. <laughs> well, he didn't pay his taxes, so it serves him right. Well, yeah, that's true. Exactly. So at any rate, we do have treatment for the uh, for the tick-borne diseases. Uh, because they are bacterial, we have antibacterials. So we've got doxycycline, which is an old-time uh, tetracycline antibiotic, which is highly effective, and you can take it either intravenous or by mouth. And if you have the neurosyphilis or the late stage, uh, not neurosyphilis, the neuro uh, um, Lyme disease and, or late stage Lyme disease, and we give it intravenous and we give it over a longer period of time. But we also have uh, ceftriaxone, rocephin, which is uh, related to Keflex, the old um, cephalosporin antibiotic. So we do have treatment for this. And it's important to recognize the symptoms. Uh, you get this rash, it's called erythema migrans. So it's a it's a, a red patch that kind of grows over time with irregular borders. So it migrates and it moves around the body. Fever, chills, headaches, uh, systemic symptoms, uh, brain problems. At any rate, you want to get in. We do have serologic testing for Lyme disease. And uh, I would say that about 95% of the people I've tested for Lyme disease do not have it. Usually there are people who think they have it and they're demanding a test. All right, I don't care. We'll get it. Yeah, they've been reading the internet, so they know what they got. Yeah, they got they have internet uh, Lyme disease, which is <laughs> extremely virulent. <laughs> but profitable for you. Very profitable, and we thank uh, we want to thank Daddy Google. <laughs> so this is treatable, and um, it's interesting that it's to me that it's related to it's in the same family of bacteria as syphilis. Very interesting, and it it, it acts a lot of the same ways too. Now, is this something you can just wandering around your backyard? You don't pick this up. You have to be out in the woods, don't you? You really do. You have to be where there's some tick infestation. Usually the ticks will uh, hang on trees, and when they sense a warm body coming by, they'll drop down on it. Or if you brush the uh, by the tree or the bush, they'll, they'll jump on you. But, I mean, if you're just outside walking down the street, your risk of getting it is very small. Yeah. Apparently, the ticks don't like to be in those fast lanes. They want to be over there <laughs> on the side. And uh, so you, you're, you're at low risk. But if you're going to go out in the woods, if you're going to go hunting or camping or whatever, make sure you're, you're being protective. And uh, when you come back in from hiking, you can examine each other and, and see if anybody's got a tick on them because they'll get in your hairline and you won't even know they're there because their bite is so painless until after they're swollen up and by they, the way, do they burrow their way inside no they just uh they have a little proboscis little nose that they kind of burrow into and find a little blood vessel and start sucking blood mm, yeah fun stuff i know you're not a veterinarian but your your parrot your uh pets are um are, are probably in danger as well to all of this I, th I think that uh, that that they are, but uh, I know with the uh, with the St. Louis or the uh, West Nile encephalitis, there's uh, transmission through birds, and birds are infectious, and they can't 
pass it on. Now, we don't pass it on. We can't pass either one of these diseases on. They're, if a tick or a flea bites us or a mosquito bites us, they're not going to pick this up and give it to somebody else. So it's so not contagious. We're not contagious and we're not, uh, we're not host for the, uh, for the virus or the bacteria. All right. Well, so that's a good thing. So I'll bundle up when I'm near water, I guess, <laughs> which is not what you want to hear when you're in Florida. Well, I think if you're on the beach, you're at pretty low risk of getting bitten by it. No, it's usually just small lakes and ponds and things like that. They gather in those yeah, quiet got, areas. People that go out fishing and hiking and hunting in the woods and, you know, staying in the state parks and all that. Yeah, exactly. So, But if you're just hanging around a house, you're probably in not much danger at all. Now, the mosquitoes, that's something different. They can go anywhere. So. I, thought we had, uh, I thought we had a deal with them. The mosquitoes? Yeah, they stay out of the house if we stayed out of their woods. No, nope. <laughs> that's the same deal I have with the sharks. I don't eat them when they're out of the water. They don't eat me. There you go. When I'm in the water, so it's worked out real well for the last sixty-four years. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it! It's question time. Oh no, it's not. We got a couple minutes here. I'll we got go. a couple minutes yeah. here. Speaking of deals, uh, it looks like uh, McCarthy and Biden have in. In principle, they have a deal worked out on this debt uh, situation. I, I read a little bit about that. I don't know. I don't know the details. Well, the, what the what the Republicans want is a flat spending for 2024, and then a one percent increase for 2025 in the in the uh, budget. And of course, that'll put the squeeze on everybody, including doctors. And of course, the Republicans want t- tougher work requirements for people who are on government aid assistance. They want uh, families or people with no children up to the age of 54 to have to work at least 20 hours a week in order to get their uh, their benefits, so. Well, considering the labor shortage, it shouldn't be too difficult to find, uh, to find a job with 20 hours a week. I think there's plenty of jobs out there. Yeah. Now, Biden was able to uh, secure waivers for veterans and the homeless. You know, I don't think I have anywhere to live anymore, so <laughs> maybe I'll fall out. <laughs> well, I understand the veterans, sure. That's, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, so it looks like we've got a deal in place, if the House will pass it, because, you know, they've the the House Republicans, the conservatives, they've really dug in their heels on this. They've been really adamant that uh, the, the Democrats are going to have to come more their way. And uh, but we'll see. You never know. Well, all the they'll get five or six Democratic votes. Joe Joe will tell somebody to vote for it, and it'll pass. That's true. I mean, he's he he knows how to manipulate the situation. And uh, whether McCarthy survives, what happens after that? That's another question. I'm surprised McCarthy's doing as well as he is. Well, they have that new rule now where just about anybody can vote him out or at least ask for a vote. So Yeah, so if uh, you know, if uh, two or three people decide they don't like him, they can start to get rid of him. And, uh, so we'll I guess it. that makes you more receptive to what your colleagues and constituents want and are saying. I guess you have to listen a little closer. <laughs> well, we'll see how it all turns out. Yeah. It's always uh, fun in Washington. Yeah, it's always fun. And like Reagan said, a half a loaf is better than none. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we'll see. We'll I see guess now Lynn Cheney's thinking about jumping in. 
That's no, odd. I don't think she'd go anywhere, but you know. Oh no, she. I think she's already in. Didn't she declare already? I don't. I, I haven't heard if she did. Last I heard, she was still thinking about it. In the press, that she was one of the candidates now, but I don't know if that's accurate or not. If they were just anticipating her jumping in. One of the guys but, I hoped was going to jump in did not. So, who was that? Pompeo. Pompeo. Yeah. I think he looked at the field and said, "This is pretty crowded," and uh, I don't think he would be a good challenger uh, against Trump. I don't think his personality is such that he he could take on Trump. Uh, that's just not the way he does business. But uh, so he'll wait four more years. Yeah, or he'll get old and tired and say to hell with it. He has a great deal of uh, international experience. That's why I like him. I think we're, we're heading into a time where we're going to need some of that. Well, and he's also had a lot of bureaucratic experience, and he's been in the Congress. And I mean, he's done a whole lot of things. He was head of the CIA for a while. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so he's been he's been a career Washington guy. So he knows a lot about how the system works. So anyway, and we need that. Yeah, we you got to have some institutional knowledge hanging around. Yeah, we need that. Speaking of making things work, you know the Challenger 2, the tank that the British developed back in the 1990s? Yes. It's an excellent tank. Yeah, they've, they're have they giving 14 of these tanks to the uh, Ukrainians, and uh, they've, they've trained them how to use them. 14 doesn't sound like much, but at least it's a start. Uh, I think that the Europeans have been talking about giving them the Leopard or one of these tanks for months now, and the British finally said, yeah, let's go ahead and do it. But the, the big thing is they don't want the Ukrainians to enter into Russian territory with with non-Ukrainian equipment. I guess the Russians might get upset and think that they're being attacked by NATO. Mm. Well, I'm getting so, a little tired of what the Russians want and what they uh, don't want. Well, I agree with you. you know, so, as you know, I've been saying all along, the first thing we should have done when they started to mass troops on the border is send our troops in punch them in the nose and send them crying home to mama. Yeah. That's how you deal with a, with a bully. You don't, you don't coddle them. You don't wait for them to move in and see if they're going to be mean. They are mean. Well, it's, it's the sky is falling with them. They're always, they're always talking about nuclear, this nuclear, that we know they're not going to do it. They know they're not going to do it. There wouldn't, they wouldn't exist. Right. Exactly. So it's just the sky is falling with these people all the time. A couple of our nuclear submarines and Russia would no longer be on the planet. Exactly. And we don't even know if their missiles still work. I don't think they do either. I don't think they do either. I mean, look look at their equipment. I mean, they're having a hard time just defeating a little country like the Ukraine. And uh, they're running out of equipment, and they're, they, they can't repair their own equipment. I told you the story about the one tank, a uh, Russian tank that got stuck, and they asked a, a Ukrainian farmer if they could, uh, if he could pull them with his tractor back. <laughs> into battle and he said no but i'll pull you to the border <laughs> i know they're, they're stealing uh tvs from homes to get the chips out of them that's I how don't bad things are there i don't doubt it yeah. i don't doubt it. and so the the russians apparently have uh, put up these uh concrete barricades that they call the dragon's teeth to stop the tanks and there's a video now of one of these uh uh, one of these Challenger two tanks dra- dragging these concrete structures right behind them. <laughs> and I think the Minister of Defense said, if those are dragon teeth, then we're the dentist. <laughs> we're here to pull them, baby. 
Hey, now it's time for a question, Doc. There you go. We're coming up on news here. Just a second. Let me get them. All right, Doc. Um, well, just to explain, first of all, for those of you who may have just joined us, we always have a trivia question in this program. It deals with what happened in the first half of the show. And uh, so if you're with us from the beginning of the show, you always know the answer and the prize to Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs. That's two Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs. Question today is what part of, of Doc was replaced a couple of weeks ago, a week and a half ago now? We're what did I about. have replaced? What, what was that? What did I have replaced? What did you have replaced? That's the question. What did I have replaced? About That's... a week and a half ago. So Yeah, yeah. He says That's... it's feeling good. And we're getting there. We're on the mend. 877-969-8600, the number to call. That's 877-969-8600. And the first correct caller with the answer wins the mugs. That's all there is to it. Pretty simple. 877-969-8600. Call now and win. Doc, we'll see you in a couple minutes. All right, buddy. I'm Dr. Bill. We'll be right back. Here's the latest from the Answer News Center. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. President Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy have reached an agreement in principle to resolve the looming debt crisis. Now Congress has to approve the spending cuts package in a matter of days to avert a potential disastrous U.S. default. The Treasury Secretary has said that the U.S. will run out of money to pay its current bills and could default as early as June the 5th. There are plenty of clear favorites heading into the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500 today. At the top of the list is Alex Palou, the pole sitter whom FanDuel Sportsbook lists as the betting favorite. The Chip Ganassi racing driver has three capable teammates in defending winner Marcus Erickson, 2008 winner Scott Dixon, and two-time champion Takuma Sato. Memorial Day is supposed to be about mourning the nation's fallen service members, and it often is, but it's also a day for big sales a lot of places, including car dealerships. This is SRN News. Hey, I'm 860 The Answer. Listen on our website, theanswertampa.com. 93.7 FM. W229DJ Dunedin. By downloading The Answer Tampa app or on TuneIn or Odyssey. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical. Located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of Can Care, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical, home of Can Care Clinic, offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727 384 When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser, doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. 
Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket costs a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi. 727-577-2220. The latest from AccuWeather at the top and bottom of the hour. Only on AM860, The Answer. We've got a mostly sunny day on tap today. Pleasant with low humidity, high 85. Partly cloudy tonight, low 69. Memorial Day tomorrow going to be partly sunny for your services, high 88. Pleasant on Tuesday with clouds and sunshine, high 89. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Ruth O'Brien for AM860, The Answer. For more, be our guest. Go to AccuWeather.com. I'm on. I'm oh, my God, you didn't play any music. I was waiting. Well, we're hearing it, but you're not. So Okay, all right. So we're hearing it. Too. <laughs> and hit, a, hit the wrong button. Again. I did exactly, Doc. Oh, well. So, anyway. uh, by the way, we wish Captain Matt a quick and speedy recovery. I I, uh, I did text him. Apparently, he had a blood clot in, in his arm, and uh, that turned into a big deal. And uh, he had that removed, and the arm's in rehab now. I think they took the whole body for rehab. They did, yes, not just the arm. <laughs> not just the arm. Okay, good, good. <laughs> no, Doc, he's, he's doing fine. He's doing real good. Jobs or what? <laughs> <laughs> he's doing real good. The captain's doing pretty good, so. That's good. And by the way, this is Memorial Day weekend. Did you know that? I did. Yes, sir. So we're uh, we're honoring our, I guess we honor all of our veterans or just the fallen veterans. I forget. I think it's the fallen veterans, isn't it? I, Those, yeah, veterans Day is for everybody who ever served. But Veterans Day is in the fall. Right. This is, this is this, Memorial Day. This is for this those is, who gave it all. Gave it all. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, one of those being my uncle Jackie in World War II, who was shot down over the North Sea, coming back from a bombing mission in, in Germany. That was a death sentence. And if you got plunked into the North Sea, they didn't have the rescue abilities that we have these days. Plus, the, uh, the Cold. temperature is pretty chilly up there. Yeah, uh, You freeze to death pretty quick. Yeah. So at any rate, uh, we appreciate all that uh, those who have served our country have done. And, uh, of course, we're, we're ever grateful for those who are willing to make that ultimate sacrifice for us. And I wish everybody a happy weekend, uh, enjoyable. My wife's just ecstatic because she had four days off. And fly the flag, by the way. Show the colors tomorrow. Yeah, well, we, we did go up. At, I think you're supposed to put the flag at half-mast, aren't you? I'm not. Uh, for Memorial Day? Maybe. I'm not sure about that. Well, we we went up to the front gate and did Probably. it. Probably, yeah. Um, at least we showed that we were concerned and cared. But still, put it out in you know on the garage view. You, you yeah, you can put it in the garage. And in our condominium complex or our townhome complex, you cannot put a flag in your yard, uh, but you can attach one to the house, not permanently but temporarily, on the um, eight or ten major federal holidays. You know, there is a federal law that says you're allowed to do that and that the communities can't block you from doing that. But what they can say is you cannot attach it to your house. So you can't drill into the stucco and put a flag pole there. But you can put a flag on your 
porch or you can you know you can zip tie one to the banister or whatever you want to do like the old mayberries put them in a flower pot yeah you can put them in a flower pot and that works well and a lot of people have the flags out not in gulfport though they don't, i don't know they i don't think they believe i don't think they think they're part of the united states <laughs> gulfport really <laughs> you know key west is the same way they call themselves the conch republic did you know that well they are they are. <laughs> I, the I love little... Key West. At any rate, uh, did you see where uh, Ken Paxton, the uh, attorney general for Texas, is being impeached by by the uh, Texas House? I read something about that. What did he do? Well, they claim that, uh, among other things, he used his... Uh, his position to aid one of his donors who has been very beneficial to him. And there's also a question of some federal fraud charges against him. And uh, I guess there were some people in his, in his office who were whistleblowers and he went after them, which, you know, you're not supposed to do. So they're upset. And I don't know what, what the story is. He was a big Trump supporter. And I don't know if there's a, a rift in the party down there. Oh, but no, it, I don't think so. Abbott has that pretty much in line. Yeah. He, the, the, Dem, the Republicans, it's not the Democrats, it's the Republicans going after a Republican. Mm-hmm. Um, he, they're, they're saying that he continuously and blatantly violated laws, rules, and policies and procedures. So, <laughs> Not well-liked, is he? No, and he says it's all made up, and he looks forward to going to court. I don't know why anybody would look forward to going to court. But... They always say that. Yeah, and it rarely goes to court. Exactly. They always end up resigning. I look. I mean, I've seen more Democratic Illinois governors go to jail than. But, the, but that's, that's always the first statement. I look forward to going to court. And it they do really my innocence. Time in jail. Excuse me. They have a good time in jail. That's why they look forward to it. Yeah, I guess so. They don't go to the, you know, they don't go to the toughest ones. So when you got tennis courts, it's not a bad jail. Do they do they really have tennis courts? I don't think so. No, I think they I don't think so. I mean, now I've heard that federal time is is not easy because it it's very uh, it's very restrictive, and you know there are maximum security prisons, and and you know there's no parole, so you have to serve the full sentence, whatever it is. I like that. But the so, minimum security ones for the white-collar crimes, that's so tough. I wonder if they're saving a room for me. Oh, no way, Doc. Oh, that's right. I'm not in politics. No, no, no. You're fine. Okay, good. We got a winner, Doc. We, who we got? I hope I don't butcher the name here. It's looks like Mario Della Valle. I think I may have butchered that, but we'll – well, sorry, Mario, if we did. St. Petersburg. All right, Mario. St. Pete. Thanks for being with us, buddy. The uh, question this morning was, what part of Doc was replaced about a week ago? A little more than a week ago. And he knew that that part was, Doc? My right knee. There you go. Had a total right knee, uh, what, 10 days, 9 days ago. And he says it's feeling good. Well, I'm unbelievably, uh, uh, I'm up and at him. I'm walking around, going up and down steps. And, uh, of course, I get to hurting later in the day, but... What are you going to do? Stay off it. No, you got to you got to work them. If you don't work them, they'll they'll freeze up, and then you have to 
be put under anesthetic and have the uh, surgeons crank your joints. You know, <laughs> they, they they do all this really brutal stuff. They go in there with the oil can. Yeah, they go in with the oil can and and chainsaws and everything else. Well, it was titanium, right? A titanium knee is that what you have now? It's titanium, and they he glues it right to the uh, after he denudes the bone. They take off the uh, the little knobs on the distal femur, which are the the uh, the rocker. You know, they're they're the little balls that rock in the socket of the uh, tibial plateau. The tibia is that long shin bone, and the top of that is where the femur rolls back and forth on. So they replace those two surfaces. And they use a, a really uh, high-tech uh, super glue. And I asked my surgeon, I said, is it stable? He said it was stable 60 seconds after I glued it on. Oh, my. I said, really? He said, yeah. So you don't have to worry about uh, instability of the joint. Uh, it's the muscles, the tendons, and the ligaments around it that have to come back and reheal. You know, by the way, Ken, I, I noticed uh, on my medial thigh, I've got like a, a lump. And uh, I think that one of the tendons, one of the hamstring tendons was ruptured uh, during the procedure. And uh, what happens is if you rupture a tendon, the muscle will contract. And since there's nothing pulling it towards the bone at the, at the opposite end where, where your, your tendon detached itself, it will pull itself and the, the part of the tendon that's on it will pull it into a little ball and then you'll have a, a, a concavity where the tendon should have been. And I, I, think that, I think that I've ruptured or during the procedure it was ruptured. You know, they position you really weird ways. And of course, as you get older, you know, the tendons and ligaments aren't what they used to be. So I'm going to have to bring that up with him and see what he thinks. It, it, it's a little painful, but not bad. And a lot of people get by without having any hamstring repair. You know, you rupture one of these muscles that that uh, goes from your medial thigh into your into your uh, pubic bone in your groin, and uh, that's a pretty common injury. And it can be very painful, and it can be very debilitating. But most people, they don't even do anything, Ken. They just figure, well, you got three other muscles or four other muscles that attach there, you'll be all right. And yeah, the get... only time we hear about it is when a baseball player. Yeah, or a football player. Yeah. Yeah. And that's no, there's no guarantee on that surgery either, you know. Well, I hope they don't have to go back in on you. I don't think they will. I mean, I, I don't think he would even if he even if I demanded it, he'd probably say you don't need it. Okay. But that's okay. Well, so as long what, as you're getting better, that's the important yeah, thing. Yeah, I'm getting better, and that's that's the bottom line. Uh, you know, I can do um, I can bend my knee about to 110 degrees now, which is unbelievable at this stage. I can straighten it out all the way, which is unbelievable. Most people can't do that this early on. And I'm walking without the walker. Although if I go outside, I'm going to take the walker with me because you know the streets got got uh, drains and. And lumps and bumps and crevices, and you don't want to trip over something there. And Ken said before the show, he said, uh, "Well, why don't you just get on your regular bike?" <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so you want to double my life insurance or what? You going to buy a policy? We <laughs> see me going down on my nose. All right, we'll give you another week then. <clears throat> give me another week. Okay. Meanwhile, back in Germany. Apparently, they've, they've had two quarters of, of uh, economic contraction, so technically they're in a, in a recession. 
but uh, I don't know if if they if their central bank really considers it a recession or not. But it certainly is going to shake up the European Union because that's the biggest economy uh, in the European Union. I think it's the fourth or fifth biggest economy in the world. So it's uh, well, we it, hope uh, I hope some dominoes don't begin to fall over there. Yeah, we hope, and uh, this adds to the the anxiety over the the conflict in the Ukraine because all of a sudden you've got another problem you have to deal with and. The Germans did not do a good job in protecting themselves from the Russians over the past several years, kind of like before World War II. The Germans uh, were still buying oil and and uh, and raw materials from the Russians, and then they got into a fight with them. At that time, the Germans were the aggressors, and the Russians uh, finished it off later in the war. But uh, the same thing's happening because the Germans continued to get natural gas and oil from Russia. Well, they've got it all. You know, and so Merkel made those deals uh, long before she was out of power. And the question is, did she help pave the way for the war in the Ukraine? Because the Russians are looking at this and saying, well, they can't do too much because they're so dependent on us. Exactly. So, you know. They probably did. They Oh, I'm sure. That, yeah. I'm sure that was their thinking. Um, they, they're thinking, well, these NATO countries, they can never do without our oil. We won't see much of a problem from anybody, but they were wrong. And, uh, yeah, it's not true. I mean, we could supply the Europeans with oil easily if uh, Papa Joe and his left-wing loonies would ease up on the restrictions on fossil fuels. My gosh, we need these right now. Yeah, and if, we, and if we went to more nuclear, those fossil fuels would last longer. Yeah, and we have it, – it takes a long time to build a nuclear plant. Uh, because of all the uh, engineering that goes into it and the the concrete and the construction and the technology. But there are several nuclear facilities that have been built that have never been used, Ken. Yeah, just one just went online not too long ago. Yeah, I mean, they're just sitting idle. So you go in and, uh, you know, spiff them up a little bit, put in some new electronic equipment and uh, fire up the reactor and get everything going. Yeah, reload and you're ready to go. Get your oil can out and oil the <laughs> the turbines up. So I don't know why we're not doing it, but it's it's a it's a it's a mental thing more than anything else, psychological. I, th- I think that uh, there's a real misunderstanding, as we've talked about before, uh, about the plausibility of actually going all electric at this point. Somewhere you got to make the electrons and. Right now, the only place we can do that in, on an industrial scale is with um, fossil fuel energy plants, electric plants. And uh, without that, we, we, we just can't function. So, and You will always need oil for manufacturing. We, we probably will. Well, I mean, at least in, within our lifetime. Right, exactly. So, you know, get the electricity... From the nuclear side, that's my thinking anyway, just because costs are going to go through the roof with electricity the more cars we have charging all the time. Oh, yeah, and I don't think that we have the infrastructure to be able to meet that right now. You know, even if you have enough charging stations, I'll tell you, there's at least a quarter to a third of them that are not functioning. They're they're down, and we see this at the hospital. I'd say about a a third of the time, the charging stations at the hospital are not working. So then you have to call front office. They call maintenance. I guess maintenance calls 
Duke Energy or whoever comes and services them and they go out and piddle around with the things. And I found one charging station, it's uh, behind one of the restaurants right on uh, 66th Street North. And I went back there to check it out and see. Somebody hit the damn thing. It's <laughs> falling over. <laughs> yeah, this is not going to work for a long-term thing. No, no. This is um, it, not unless we develop a, a much more sophisticated infrastructure. We're gonna, going to be dependent on fossil fuel for the near future. And uh, to try to say that we're not is just silly. And to try to scare all these kids into thinking the world is ending tomorrow if we don't quit using gas right now is just crazy. There's just no data to show that. But, you know, the press whips all this up and uh, you've got a bunch of teenagers and 20-something-year-olds and they're all hyper-excited anyway and they don't understand. They don't do their research. And uh, they think that if we don't do something immediately, the world's going to end. And I think the first time, was it Al Gore that said the world was going to end in 2011? Somewhere around there. I think we passed that, didn't we? We did. Then it was going to be in the 20s, and we're past that. And now I think they pushed it back to 51. I've been, I've been hearing 50s, yes. Now it's the 1950, or 2050s. And uh, I don't think that that's a reality. Neither I don't. Do I. No, no. We still have a lot of there's in the in the world wide. There's still a lot of oil out there in Venezuela, places like that, and of course Saudi Arabia still has quite a bit. Yeah, and we've got coal, and we've got fracking, and we've got natural gas here in the United States. We have tremendous reserves of natural gas that we can use, and uh, that burns a little cleaner than than the oil based products. Uh, less side effects, less sulfur, less. Uh, various uh, pollutants in the in the natural gas so that's more like a uh, that's more like a, a decanted or uh, you know it's percolated up through the through the bedrock so that you don't have any contaminates contaminants in it like a distillery you know what I mean yeah sure so that's a that's a better source of energy and certainly one that we could and should utilize more instead of trying to go all electric. I mean, just this just isn't going to work. It's, it's not. I mean, electric is fine. It's great for those short jaunts to the store, you know. Yeah. But if you want to go, how far before you have to recharge? You have one of these things. How far do you, can you drive before you have to recharge? And how long does it take to recharge it? Well, you know, we drove over to St. Augustine, like I told you last week, and uh, I, I specifically picked hotels that have charging stations. And so we we were able to charge up, and the guys that work there, the uh, valets, the, the the bellmen, whatever you want to call them, they knew how to plug it in and do all that. Not that it's that difficult, but at least it takes uh, having done it once or twice so you feel comfortable. And we were fine. We were charged up uh, and ready to go on Sunday when we packed up and um, they brought the car up and I said, did it get charged up? And he said, yes, sir. And then mama gave him a big tip. Now, do you have to use your credit card for the charging station? I've never done this, so I don't know. Is it only for the rapid charging stations and the ones that'll do it in 20 minutes. Uh, But for the, the uh, second level charging stations, no. And that's an overnight charge. Uh, So you, you've got to plug in and you got to just leave it sit. And, of course, if you're a young couple and you're on the move and you're doing a lot, you may want your car for the night. But the other thing you can do is you can walk. Walk. Small, walk. 
St. Augustine is relatively small. Uh, you can grab a, an Uber. You, I mean, you can do a lot of things. You can rent those little scooters. Uh, they got golf carts and all kinds of things that you can rent in these resort areas, especially here in Florida. That's becoming a big problem, though, Ken, as all these people move into Florida, they're driving their golf carts on the interstates. And <laughs> I haven't seen one on the interstate yet. Well, not on, not on the interstate, I'm sorry, but on the federal highways, you know, like on 98 and 141. And, uh... Oh, in Sun City, at least once a year down there, we have somebody get killed on a golf course because they're riding their carts out there. Yeah, and they're not supposed to do that. They're not street legal. Now, you can get a street legal cart, but it has to be tested, and you have to go over to uh, Tampa to the Department of Agriculture, and they weigh it, and they do all kinds of things, and it costs you one or 200 bucks in you know, a morning of your time. And then you can get a license plate. You have to have headlights and taillights and reflectors and all these different things, seat belts. <clears throat> Well, maybe not. Not in Sun City, you don't. Well, I think I mean, each municipality is different on that. Yeah. Yeah, I think if you're within a private community, you don't. But if you're going to go on public roads, that's oh, different. Well. Well. Well, anyway, they're dangerous too. Yeah, and you know, people get hurt just riding around on the golf course. They put their leg out and flip out, and or they roll the things over and. Uh, have a few beers and go down a hill, and all of a sudden you're tumbling. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually seen that happen. Yeah, no, I have too. <laughs> I have too. Luckily, I was in another cart. <laughs> and not on the lower end of it. That's <laughs> right. On the downside. I was still up away from the water hazard when they went into it. Yes. Well, at least I got, you know, a bath. <laughs> I think they got quite a bit of uh, quite a nice bill too for that one. There you go. So the Chinese have been trying to get the uh, Europeans to go along with their peace plan for the Ukraine-Russian war, and the Europeans are like, "We ain't doing that crap. What are you talking about? What's in the plan? I haven't heard about anything being. What's? I, I'm not sure what the specifics are. Well, it's a little nebulous, but it calls for a ceasefire, and it, it calls for the European Union not to aid the Ukrainians in any way, and then the Chinese will agree not to aid the, the Russians in any way. And I guess that's their big selling point, um, is to do their best to de-escalate the war by getting everybody to stay out of it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I don't, it's, well, I don't, that sounds like uh, handing uh, Russia a win. Yeah, I don't think this is going anywhere. Yeah, it's not, no. And, of course, they're 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 not going to want to uh, allow or, or demand that the Russians give back the land they've taken in the Ukraine, including the Crimea, which the Russians have held since, what, 2014. Um, and the Crimea is a, an important area. It's a shipping area, port area. It's on the Black Sea. And that's been a, an important area for thousands of years, Ken. Well, it is uh, even – did you see the map that Putin was pointing to the other day to prove that it wasn't part of uh, – that Ukraine never existed? And on the very bottom of the map it said Ukraine. <laughs> Look, this has always been Russia. <laughs> uh, it's fun to watch. Doc, we got about a minute here. Want to talk about the business for a bit? Yeah, let's talk about business. Uh, we are your full-service clinic. We've got x-ray and lab and ultrasound and echocardiograms and 
Oh, we got a little bit of everything. Uh, we even have wheelchairs. If you want to hobble in, we'll put you in one and roll you back. <laughs> I took one home, by the way, Ken. Well, you should. You've got a bad knee there. So. I got a bad knee. And uh, we, we do provide a full-service clinic, non-invasive cardiology, general medicine. Uh, we do family practice. The wife's a nurse practitioner, so she does some family practice, and she enjoys that. When we can get her there and make her work. And we are at 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. And we're your full-service clinic, buddy boy. All right, Doc. Well, uh, you have a great weekend, and um, we'll see you next week. Say goodbye, Doc. Goodbye, Doc. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at Clinic. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.